0: Psalm forty seven Clap your hand all you peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord, the most high is awesome, a great queen over all the earth. She subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. She chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob from whom she loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet, sing praises to God sing praises sing praises to our king sing praises for God is the king of all the earth sing praises with the psalm God is king over the nations God sits on us on our holy throne the princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God she is highly exalted Exodus chapter 24 Verses 15 through 18. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day he called Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered a cloud, entered the cloud, and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for forty days and forty nights. Revelation chapter 1 verses 9 through 18 I, John, your brother who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard him behind me like a loud voice. I heard behind me, like a loud voice, a trumpet, like a trumpet, saying, Write a book, what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands I saw one like the Son of Man, Clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white as white wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining with full force. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Good morning, and welcome to the sixth Friday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 47, Exodus 24, and Revelation 1. Um, and before I kick off, uh, I do want to apologize for yesterday for missing the recording. Uh, that I had some kind of asthma attack or something that uh, just made it made for a shitty evening and overnight. Um, probably because the VA hasn't been timely in sending my meds. But anyway. This morning's readings uh, actually makes me think of the armor of God and what comes from our mouth. And I started actually thinking about this with the Psalm because it's really weird. There is a verse in there that's like, "Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises." And it sounds kind of weird because um, the Psalms were not meant to be read, like you know, as though from a leader to an audience. They were meant to be sung. Um, and they weren't sung in English; they're sung in Hebrew. And so, in Hebrew, they they rhyme. There's a cadence to them, um, and it's not just something that you. It's not just inspiration; it's a collective activity. Uh, you know, like we sing hymns um, in church, whether that's from a hymn book or, you know, by a praise band leader or whatever, a gospel choir. Um, that's what the Psalms, that was the purpose the Psalms served. It was a song book. And so they come off as kind of poetic, which they are, um, but it wasn't just meant as like some inspirational thing. It was actually meant to be um, uh, this activity that you do as a group. Um, And so it sounds weird saying, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. Um, Because, you know, with music, you kind of, if you, break down the lyrics sometimes they're they're effing crazy right um like you know they get mixed up like excuse me while i kiss this guy um which is actually you know excuse me while i kiss the sky you mistake these lyrics but that's kind of part of the fun of hymns. you don't really you know the singing is the point and the the message isn't always so important and so it's kind of like reversed for non-hebrew speakers to read in their own native language Something is definitely lost. Um, but uh, so, what comes out of our mouth is um, is in this first case the, the psalms. You know, something's definitely lost when we take this ancient uh, song book and just read it out loud to one another. Um, you know, they still have incredible value, um, but they don't have the same value. And I I believe it's totally. Um uh relative or speculative is that i don't think they have the same uh value. I think there's something lost um, but what comes out of our mouth is important um James, in some of his letters, writes about how the tongue uh can be a weapon um and how uh you know what we say must be guarded um you know evil can come from our mouth as well as good and Abraham Heschel used to say that. Um, words have the power to create or destroy entire worlds. You, know, you can just tear someone apart with what you say um, if you're not careful. Um, and they, they talk this way because in the Christian tradition, um, the armor of God included the sword of truth, which is this, the, the, this, the word of God, which means the Bible, which means these words that come out of our mouth whether they're psalms uh, or whether they're um, compliments or critiques, um, that is uh, what that is the only offensive weapon that we have in the armor of God. We have the shield of faith, we have the helmet of salvation, um, and not uh, everybody knows that. In fact, the armor of God is this kind of old. Um, Motif in the Bible or tradition that appears not just in Paul's writings in Ephesians, um, but also in First Thessalonians, and then there's also an appearance um, in Isaiah. I'm struggling to f- remember. I want to say it was like a Isaiah 11, <coughs> um, but it's developed over time. Um, uh, no, it's Isaiah 59. He put on righteousness like a breast. Plate, helmet of salvation on his head, garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself in fury as a mantle. It's from Isaiah fifty nine seventeen. And the other one that we don't always see because it's in the apocrypha is the wisdom of Solomon, where um, zeal is the whole armor, righteousness is a breastplate, and impartial justice is the helmet. Then um, there's also holiness for an invincible shield and wrath for a sword. So the wisdom of Solomon, and uh, Ephesians six. So Paul and the writer of uh, Solomon, they're the only ones that use uh, the sword language. And the wisdom of Solomon is kind of broad. Its uh, wrath is the sword, and it you know kind of leaves open the idea that it might be used as an offensive weapon. Um, in Ephesians Paul clarifies and says that this uh, that the sword is of the spirit, not wrath, and um, oh, by the way, it's the word of God. And so in Revelation, we get this imagery where the armor of God is used to, um, to personify or to, um, to represent um, Jesus coming at this final battle with his two-edged sword um, uh, and this sword, this sharp two-edged sword in his mouth. Um, because that is how Jesus will slay his enemies. Um, and I don't want to like make logic or reason uh, preeminent, but I, I think that in the ancient world, the Hellenistic world, I think that logic was much more central a feature than it is today. And so the idea that, that Christ um, could slay evil with the words of his mouth did kind of evoke that um, you know words meant something, um, not just you know jesus' words, but also like by extension, the words that we use um, can slay the enemy, and they might also you know harm others they might i don't know if they'd actually kill our little e enemies um, but what comes out of our mouth is important it actually has power um, and it's connected to this this military kind of imagery and motif throughout the Bible, and not just the New Testament and Paul, but um, the wisdom of Solomon and Isaiah. <coughs> um, and so what we what we do uh, with our words carries profound importance. And I've spoken elsewhere on the podcast uh, about how obscenity um, is, you know, we, we kind of run in fear uh, as Christians from, like, F-bombs or something. Like, we think that's this cardinal sin, um, and we, I think we've got that wrong. I think to pretend as though that is so much more important to get right than everything else that we do with our bodies, um, or even with our words, I think is overly simplistic and, and at, at best is a distraction from the real evil in in the world, it's like saying you know, it's like in Harry Potter, you know, where nobody said Lord Voldemort, and you gotta wonder like, what good did that do? do you know, who was that really about? Was that really about um, the power that uh, this you know unspoken thing had over our lives or their lives? Um, you know, did it did it help them in some way? Did it delay or or prevent? Um Adversity it did not um, and so sometimes I think that f- especially in the military space um, that is you know pretty uh obscene with its language um, it's a it it uh, to to pretend as though obscenity doesn't exist um, or to um, ignore the obscenity that our soldiers and veterans have seen, I think is more wrong than you know dropping an F-bond h- here and there. Um, so it's not that we don't use our words and what comes out of our mouth wisely. Um, or r- rather, I should say, obscenities and cursing may be a part of a wise use of words to articulate that there is in fact evil and obscenity in the world and to give voice to the evil and obscenity that some of our members have seen, and that uh, by and large the majority of our body, the church, um, seems to have this unreasonable affinity or i'm sorry aversion to um, I think it's much more important to get the obscenity out and to speak it and to understand it than it is to hide behind you know to like stick our heads in the sand and pretend it it doesn't exist um, Because Christ himself wields a sword, and that sword comes from his mouth. Um, It's one of the most powerful tools we have. Um, Paul knew it. Isaiah knew it. Um, And what Paul does is he qualifies it, and he takes away the idea of wrath, and he says, this is the spirit. Um, If they're well-steeped in their Bible, they knew that the sword of wrath was mentioned in Isaiah. And so the wrath of the spirit is, you know, the, the the spirit is not alien to wrath or vice versa. Wrath is not alien to the spirit. Um, the spirit isn't all unicorns and sunshine. It also convicts. It also, um, with the sun, wields this double-edged sword. And it is a double-edged sword. We can abuse it very easily. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't use it. It means that we have to be careful and aware um, and deliberate and strategic about the words that we use and the and the things that come out of our mouths both or either to the detriment of the church but also to its improvement and its security a prayer for our enemies from the book of common prayer O God the father of all whose son commanded us to love our enemies lead them and us from prejudice to truth Deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard,